When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino back here for another week of uh, the RHAP Rewind. And today we're talking about the Joe Schmo Show. And this is a real podcast. Everybody here is uh, not an actor, just pretending to be a podcast host as far as I know. Of course, here is the man who's with me every single week to talk about an old TV show. Here is the great Chappelle. Not a schmo. Rob, what is going on? What is going on? Rob, I just I feel like we did this last night. Didn't we just talk the other day about Big Brother? Like this yeah. is this is surreal. Are you sure you're not an actor? Uh pretty sure not an actor. Yeah. What about our guest? Is she an actor? She is uh, probably uh, more of a uh, actor than uh, you or I. Uh, she is uh, quite accomplished, though, as a podcaster herself. Of course, uh, you know her as the voice of the people. This is the third time this week we're hearing from the great Melissa Denny. I am so excited to be here to talk about the Joe Schmo show, which has literally been in my life for so long. My family, we quote it all the time. Um, I hadn't rewatched it since really since the first time that it was on the air in 2003, or I might've watched like a couple clips of it, but I wasn't able to find it online. Um, and now finally I got to rewatch it and turns out some of it does not hold up very well mm-hmm. um, with our current culture. Um, but you know, it was still really fun to see. And it's cool to see like a lot of the actors who at the time I had no idea who they were are now, you know, stars. And so, you know, that was pretty cool. And so I'm very excited to talk about this with you guys. Yeah. The Joe Schmo show is available on YouTube. It looks like that somebody uploaded it to YouTube uh, (laughs) quite recently. So uh, here we are. Uh, All eight episodes of season one are available on YouTube. We're going to highlight episode three in particular, but talk a lot about episode one. Uh, Full spoilers for season one of Joe Schmo show on this podcast. And I was an overachiever. I I watched the whole season to get ready for I'm this. so glad you did honestly yes. like I feel like it's so important to to be able to fully understand it you have to see the finale just because you know it's got that famous line what is going on and mm-hmm. you know it's also just so crazy to see the reveal I mean 
Dude, my heart at least was like pounding. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to yeah. happen? I mean, especially when you're watching it live, it's, it was intense. It was really, I mean, cause we had no idea what was going to happen. What, how, what his reaction was going to be. Is he going to be mad? Is yeah. he going to be upset? And you know, it was great. Chappelle, do you think that the younger listeners, uh, Gen Zers, do they know what the Joe Schmo show is? There are plenty of Gen Xers, millennials, baby boomers, and Gen Zers that have no clue that this exists. <laughs> yeah. Never point this man out of a lineup. But like <laughs> Melissa, I remember this man so vividly. Mm-hmm. I feel like I grew with him in this journey that he goes on during this show. I like you bond with this man. You empathize with this man throughout the season. So for me, yeah, if you if I had ran into him in 2004, 2005, I probably would have freaked out. But here <laughs> in 2021, yeah, I, I highly doubt that he is like a recognizable face or a household name. But uh, make no mistake, he was back then. Okay. Could you describe the premise of uh, this show? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, the Joe Smo show is basically, this was like Spike TV's answer to reality TV. Uh, they wanted to... Could you explain what Spike TV was? <laughs> That's a lot harder. Um, Spike TV... Is that not I a believe, thing anymore? Pretty sure it's no, not yeah, a thing. I think, I <laughs> Long think it's gone. Yeah. yeah, I think it's gone, but I believe it's owned by Paramount. So <laughs> Spike TV uh, was like... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a network for men, right? So like yeah. you had Lifetime that was like TV for women and you had Weed that was like movies for women and all this other stuff. But then you're like, we need something that men can seek their teeth into. Like, let's get the man show on here. Let's get like pros versus Joes and uh, all these other like goofy, like hyper-masculine shows. And let's make fun of the things that the feminine energy likes to enjoy. So like dating shows and reality shows. Let's let's lean into that. And so this was Spike TV's way of poking fun at this whole genre that they really weren't a part of. And so uh, they created a premise that basically they were going to have a reality show that was completely fake. And that the main character was the only person who was not an actor and that he was believing that he was in like a Big Brother or a Survivor style television show where he lives in a house full of strangers. They compete for money. They eliminate somebody week to week. But the entire thing is scripted and it's a hoax to everybody except him. And so uh, that's the show. Every week they eliminate somebody, but we get to see the behind the scenes of the actors trying to make this happen and the production people trying to fool this man uh, who thinks he's competing for $100,000. Yeah, and that's what I thought was the most interesting thing uh, about this whole show was that you really have the POV of behind the scenes at, uh, of the production where you are seeing like the actors are giving uh, confessionals and uh, you know the production, the producers are giving confessionals about, oh, is he on to us? We made a mistake. And so you're hearing about a lot of different things uh, that are going on in terms of making the show, which I think is uh, very fascinating to see. And you don't get really on any other reality TV show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was one of those things where it was like, yeah, as a reality TV consumer, you want to put yourself in Joe Schmo's place, right? The, the main character being Matt Kennedy Gould. But you're also kind of seeing in a way, how the sausage was made. You know, like you see the background, you see what the actors are going through. And so parts of you are empathizing with the actors at times. Like the actors are coming in and they are very much normal people as well, right? Like they they have to they have to do well at their jobs to keep this thing going. And there's a lot of times where the actors slip up and then they have to make up for their mistakes and still keep this thing going to make the show a success. So it's a very like, uh, like, like, uh, like trash trapeze act that they're having to you know handle here where it's like mm-hmm. any any wrong move could be the end of the show and this man could completely freak out we don't know what could happen yeah so it's fun to watch from that perspective too 
I mean, think about it. They're literally spending the night there. They're like, it's not like, okay, like I'm here for a couple hours, then I go home and then I get to be myself. So you have to literally be in character 24 seven. I feel like that would be so unbelievably hard just because you never know when he's going to be like walking into the room or whatever. And you would have to have be having an in-character conversation with someone. You can't just kind of like be yourself. And then all of a sudden he walks in and you have to flip it on a switch and you're a character. You have to be in character 24 seven. I, I can't even imagine. I feel like that would be so hard. Yeah. They uh, set up this very ambitious premise where they tell the audience in the first episode that this took like a year to write the script for this show where they ended up casting all of the actors. Uh, There's a lot more about that in the finale of the links that they went through to find the cast of this show. And then basically they went on a casting search to find the one person who they could put into this universe of it being the Joe schmo show uh chappelle what do you think about the ultimate joe schmo uh matt matthew kennedy gold in my opinion they picked the perfect person for Mm -hmm. this this person there are moments throughout this season where i'm like anybody else would have reacted like this but they found the one guy who would have such deep connections with these people who would feel so strongly about these people who would like get so invested in the show like they found this person who for 2003 is probably one of the least problematic people that exist at that time for that era. Like there are things that are happening and he's still like inappropriate in a lot of ways. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where he's like, no, that's fine. Live your life. You like this. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Like these people are throwing weird scenarios at him. They're throwing unorthodox things at him. They're throwing personal things at him. And for the most part, he's forgiving them. He's like, like he's crying with them as they use fake tears. Like they found the perfect Patsy. I love this guy. I just love watching <laughs> him on TV. Like I, I'm not a touchy feely person at all, but like he's like my avatar for that because he is feeling all the things all the time. It's great. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how they they seemingly like changed the premise of the show, like uh, on like the second episode, basically. Like when he breaks down because Earl is going home, you know, they clearly were like, oh, okay, we need to do something else here because this is not going to work where we're just like poking fun at this guy and trying to like, you know, make fun at his expense. Instead, we need to, you know, kind of go the other direction and be like, oh, no, look at this great guy. He's such a he's reacting in such a great way to all these things and kind of trying to make it more so that he's that these good things are happening to him or like crazy things are happening around him instead of like, Oh, let's put him in an embarrassing situation. And I I do appreciate that kind of change um, because I do feel like if they had just been like making him feel embarrassed, like for a a few weeks, like in a bunch, like eight episodes, it would have been terrible. I feel like we would have totally turned against like the production team and instead been like, how could you do this to this person? And now instead we're like kind of feeling like, we're rooting for him along with the cast, especially because I feel like they picked DR sessions where um, they are confessionals where they would say like, you know, what a great guy. I really like him a lot, you know, blah, blah, blah. Instead of like, Oh, this guy, I can't believe he fell for it. You know, I feel like they really kind of changed the tone of the show. And I think that was a good call. Yeah. This really just was uh, so wild to get the like 
premise up front of uh, what they were going to try to do because they do try to, you know, it is a spoof of a reality TV show. So there are like a lot of reality TV tropes uh, that they are trying to build off of. Uh, This is uh, shot, uh, I guess, sometime in uh, 2003. Uh, that it airs uh, original releases September 2nd, 2003. So uh, you'd imagine they would have uh, filmed it earlier in the year. And so uh, it's building off of a lot of the things that you see in the first couple of years of uh, reality TV. And I guess it's uh, not such a ludicrous premise for Joe Schmo that he's on this show called The Lap of Luxury. Well... You know, back then, Rob, it's 2003. Look look at the, the RHAP Rewind. We have covered things like Kid Nation that literally put like like six-year-olds mm-hmm. in the desert. And Melissa was there. Melissa Melissa will tell you. She that, wanted that to be there. That is an intense show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's an intense show. And so it's like, if you can think of a world where somebody is like putting children in a, a, a old That was like Western four years town, after this. Yeah, like, but that's the kind of like world we were living in back then. It was mm-hmm. like anything could be a reality TV show. Also, Joe Schmo is very like close to the premise of the Truman Show. So some people who like some of the film buffs, like maybe Melissa, would be uh, familiar with the Truman Show, where it was more like uh, I think Jim Carrey's character was followed by a whole bunch of people who were, you know, pretty much filming him mm-hmm. for a TV show that he was not known of. And eventually one of the actresses breaks character, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to ruin it too bad for you. <laughs> but it's the same kind of concept where it's like we put this one person in a world and we just watch them like a like like a fishbowl, you know, like, you know, kind of like the concept of Big Brother a little bit. And so, yeah, it's not completely unbelievable that you'd be on a show called The Lap of Luxury for $100,000 when people at this time were competing for like Flavor Flav's love and stuff. You know? <laughs> so if you were to go back and to rewatch Joe Schmo show, I think the first thing that would jump out to you as you were watching it is that they go through the whole cast and it's this person as uh, as the, the a-hole and then this person as the best friend. And then we get to Kristen Wiig as, <laughs> as Dr. Pat. Um, so... <laughs> This is uh, just very wild to me. This was like right before Kristen Wiig like went to SNL. She had been a groundling uh, before that. Does Kristen Wiig ever acknowledge her role on the Joe Schmo show? Uh, does anybody <laughs> know? Does she ever talk about this? I was wondering that too. I was going to look it up because I I'd be very interested to know if she ever referenced it. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen that because I knew. So I had seen the Joe Schmo show when it aired. Um, and then I had seen Kristen Wiig on SNL and I literally did not know that those were the same people until years later when I was like looking on her Wikipedia page or something and it said she was on the Joe Schmo show. And I was like, wait, what? Because I totally remembered the show, but I just I don't know why I didn't put two and two together that this was the same person. I think the hair really mm-hmm. threw me off. Um, mm-hmm. I mean- and David Hornsby as well. Like, I mean. He's a famous guy. He's on uh, he's on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as Rickety Cricket. And mm-hmm. he also like writes and directs and produces that show. So like he's gone on to he big things. Hutch. Yeah. He was Hutch. Yes. The and Hutch. The Hutch, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and honestly, like it's kind of wild to see all these people um, you know, on this show that like I, I it's it's crazy. I mean, like looking back on it, and you're seeing Kristen Wiig do all this wild reality tv show stuff and then she like gets hurt in one of the episodes and has to go to the hospital i mean like that's crazy it's kristen wig yeah this is uh 
her third credit on IMDb as uh, Dr. Pat uh, the Quack. It looks like she doesn't get to SNL until 2008. Is that right? Uh, that feels uh, oh, maybe it's uh, she. She she's I I gotta think she's on uh, earlier than that. I feel like she's 2005. Yeah, uh, that's when she like first a few gets years there. After. So wow, yeah. So two years after this, she's going to be on <laughs> on SNL. But she, if you go to the Joe Schmo Show IMDb page, uh, Kristen Wiig is not even on there. So I don't know if her uh, publicists have uh, tried Brian, to like, wipe her from the that. record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's that's very so good crazy. in this. She, oh, yeah. I mean, all the actors are so good in it. I mean, they're totally believable in their parts. And I mean, my when my family and I watched it, we just like absolutely thought Hutch was hilarious. And like, it's funny now that I like watch it. I mean, I was like 13 at the time when I watched it. So like a lot of the humor is a, a little bit lost on me now because I feel like at the time it's very like 13 year old humor. Uh, whereas now I'm kind of like, Oh, some of this stuff is like not so great. I mean, the fact that like every challenge has to do with like, you know, licking chocolate off a model's mm-hmm. body yeah. or like, you know, like wet t-shirt contest or like everyone wearing little teeny pairs of underwear like that. There's a lot of, I would say, problematic stuff. I think that this would be a very different show had it aired today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that was the way it was then at, on TV. Like that was like totally acceptable. And I mean, especially because, you know, like Chappelle said, this was Spike TV. It was supposed to be like the man's channel. And so, you know, I, I feel like that certainly had an influence on like what they had there. But I do think that it was strange to watch some of it now, for sure. Yeah. I think that the fact that this was a Spike TV show, like, I, I, I don't know what Matthew uh, Kennedy Gold uh, knew at the time, but I feel like that if the context is like, hey, I'm on a crazy reality show that's on the men's channel, okay, like, I think that then you sort of, like, uh, can understand, like, why some of the things are happening as opposed to, like, uh, if you thought this was, like, Big Brother or Survivor, you would say, like, what the hell is this like there's no way this could be real oh yeah for sure like spike gives it license to be a little bit more mm-hmm. uh kind of like you know uh edgy in those ways right. where it's a little problematic on the on the on the masculine side so like yeah we brought out this model and we're, she's going to be topless it's like oh it's spike so it's it kind of makes sense so i could see why he's not questioning things constantly whereas like if you told me this is cbs or you know mm-hmm. just, i'm like no there's no way like, no there's, yeah there's no way that this is happening but yeah spike was just trying to build a network off of like like we got to give the men something to watch and laugh at and you know how else can men laugh at to you know than rather than to just like make fun of a man wearing ladies underwear you know like it it's very juvenile but it is the the world we were living in in 2003 especially on spike tv Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny how they referenced uh, Survivor a lot yeah. in the show. Like, you know, she talked about how Mr. Hatch was her, you know, inspiration and idol. But like, you know, she forgot his first name. So that was not mm-hmm. great. Um, and then, you know, she does the Sue speech about like, if you were dying and I would not give you water or whatever. Um, and then, uh, you know, they actually bring in Jerry. So I thought that was really funny. Um, I I feel like it it all this was like basically like the the beginnings where of reality tv where it was just so huge and all these all at the time like 
all these reality shows were coming out. Everyone, every channel wanted to cash in on the reality TV craze. And so I do see totally how he would believe that this new reality show is coming up because at the time new reality shows were coming up all the time and they were all like these similar premises. And it really, and even though now, like if, if I think if they tried to pull this off nowadays, someone might come in and be like, okay, all these people are caricatures. Like they're clearly all here to like play a role. Um, Whereas back then, like these were barely caricatures. Like they weren't, they were just, this was so new that like, it wasn't that crazy to have these people as like, Oh, these are reality TV tropes because they weren't really tropes at the time. It was new. So, you know, it, it all kind of makes sense. And I mm-hmm. think that as they, I mean, as we come to see when they try and pull this off, even just a year later, um, it doesn't always work out like they intend for Joe Schmo too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, I just feel like it's really, it, it, it all makes sense at the time. I think now watching it, it's kind of like, well, duh, like, duh, like that you're not going to have like these exact caricatures on a show. Like that's not the way people cast nowadays. Um, but at the time it yeah. was new. Yeah. And before we get into the episode, Rob, let me just tell you some other shows that were going on around this time on Spike TV. Yes. Right. <laughs> like what are the men clamoring for in the reality <laughs> TV world? We got trucks exclamation point hmm. um we got hotlines what's um, hotlines which about? is it's Men a, love adventures that. in exotic fun hot spots with a you know sexy host and all this other good stuff okay right? <laughs> yeah ride with flunk funk master flex okay um yeah we had the video game awards because men love video games mm-hmm. right like it was just like typical like this is going to be man stuff 10 things every guy should experience you know these are reality shows that yeah. legit came on spike um you know, on the road, a true rock and roll story. Like, you know, it's just, okay, we get it. Like, this is men, men stuff. And so, yeah, you say, okay, we're going to. Yeah, but Melissa's watching it. Yeah, Melissa. Yeah, my entire family family is watching it. It literally was like a family friendly show that Mm -hmm. we watched. I don't know what the heck my parents were thinking, (laughs) but like, they're like, yeah, you and your younger brother, we can all watch this together and laugh about it. Like, we would quote the show all the time that ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Like, Rob, you're dead to us. Mm-hmm. We would quote that stuff all the time. I mean, those, would you break that a dish after that? So funny. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> that would be not allowed at our household. But we'd always just be like, Dad, you're dead to us. And we would just crack <laughs> up. And then like the next season where it was like the they had like a pearl necklace and it was like, your neck is bare and so is your place in our heart. And that was like the line. Oh. And they'd always have like a line that they would say. And we just thought yes. it was the funniest thing ever. Yes. And I don't know what my parents were doing having me watch that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just TV. Yeah. You know, like I said, it was so acceptable back then. I, look, it was. I was watching stuff like that, too. And it, it, my parents definitely weren't involved. But they, if they were involved, I probably wouldn't have watched half the shows that I talk about now. But <laughs> yeah, like this was normal. And the the big reveal is such a big deal. Like the mm-hmm. everybody like this man became a household name just off of the reaction for when that is finally revealed that this is a reality show. And so it's not like this was confined to Spike because once it happened, the world took notice. So, yeah, I, I don't blame anybody's family for having them tuned in because it was just one of those shows that you yeah. kind of had to watch. Yeah. Uh, and the way that the way that they reveal it, too, I thought was really good, where it was like, wait, we, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm sorry. I'm getting word that something's going on. Like one of you guys needs to just like be honest and tell us that there's something's wrong with you or whatever. And they're just like, everyone's looking around like what's going on. And then uh, finally Hutch is like, fine. I'm an actor. 
Like, and they're like, well, let's be honest. I mean, who else is an actor here? And everyone's like, who is it? Who is it? And then everyone like slowly raises their hand. Ah, it's so crazy. And so then good. Matt thinks so that good. it's him and his friend Brian are the only two that are not That's actors. And then it's yeah. revealed that Brian's an actor too. And it's just even uh, Brian. Even so Brian. good. Yeah. Even also, Brian. I love how they try and pull off that like Hutch won the show. Like there is no way that those people would be voting for Hutch. Like I love how they tried to pretend like that would actually happen. Yeah. Well, that was a fun running gag through the season where that every time like you think that uh, Hutch, who's the a-hole, that he <laughs> is like, there's a million different ways that they're trying to get rid of him. And he either wins immunity or <laughs> like something else happens or the, the one time that he gets expelled from the show, then a letter comes in from the lawyers where they <laughs> end up saying that he gets to stay. And so like... Uh, Hutch gets uh, the Hutch gets saved over and over and over again, even though that uh, uh, Matt does not really like the Hutch. (laughs) Does not care for him. He's he's trying to get him out since like episode one, basically, because that's the whole point of the Hutch. He's supposed to be the foil that's there the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, And literally to the end. Yeah, you just cannot get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like that's the way it is a lot of the times in reality shows where it's like the one villain. It's like you just can't get rid of them. It's not like an easy like, OK, well, let's just all vote them out if we don't like them. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's like Russell Hans like finding immunity idol after immunity idol and then winning immunity yeah. and then coming back for Heroes versus Dylan ticket that he won a season. And then, oh, Tyson votes himself out. And then this person goes home and then JT gives somebody an idol. It's like, how is Russell Hans doing this? Mm-hmm. Why does he make it to the end? <laughs> Are these shenanigans? We'll never know. They call <laughs> me the Hans. The Hans. Mm-hmm. There was tons of shenanigans in Joe Schmo. And normally I'm like, yeah, I love shenanigans. And this show is, you know, shenanigans from beginning to end. Yeah. I also love how, and even in the first challenge, like how they have to like rig it so that way the people win who they want to win. Mm-hmm. And like the first challenge, it's like, oh, guess whose underwear is whose? And he got it like all right that they had to change the answers. So that way, like they had to not have the people who were supposed to have the underwear. They made it so that the underwear didn't really make sense. Like who got what? Like it was like, why would Earl have that fish one? That's like, it's this big or something. Like if he's like some like grizzled army vet, like there's no way. And then like they give like some like, pair of panties to dr pat and like everyone's got like the underwear that does not match their personality and they just have to like go with it and be like yeah no that's mine that's mine mm-hmm. so funny yeah it's because they had the perfect mark mm-hmm. this is the guy <laughs> the perfect man yeah, he's Matt. like i love how he got it so right and then he's like i think i got like two of them right i was so off and really he was right well, that was my favorite thing about the show where you saw where the production had to scramble and uh, mm-hmm. to try to keep it going. So I, I guess I found that I wasn't necessarily rooting for Matt throughout the show. I was rooting for the production to not screw it up and be able to pull this thing off. I loved yeah. how in the beginning of every episode, they would start it off with a production meeting where you were like, OK, what's on the agenda for today? Like, are we dialing it up to 11 or are we just trying to keep it very realistic today? Or like, what's our plan? And I I loved how they would give like notes to the characters and you'd really just get to see like what they're thinking and like what's going on. I love that. Yeah. Chappelle, do you feel like, should they have come into this with more of like a mission of what they wanted to try to do? Or it's like basically like the goal was, can we get to the end of this play without the guy figuring it out? Like, I feel like that they didn't have like sort of a mission of at the end, at the end of this thing, we're going to make this guy vote out his best friend. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, you took it one step further. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think that's so ambitious, right? Like this was already like a, a crazy undertaking that they were in, like that they decided to just like dive into. They practiced, they uh, they rehearsed all the scenes pretty much. Like it's not like they were just like mm-hmm. improving. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it was off the cuff, but they they put so much work into this to where like if you had added that at like that extra little bit of like and then at the end we want him to vote out his mom or something like that, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have been able to pull that off. Because they were just lucky to have this sweet guy who would just kind of go along with whatever they had. They, so they might have gotten it. But mm-hmm. I think it's ambitious to think that it would like to assume that you could. And and and, and, that's, and that would make it a lot easier to get caught as well. Because their goal is to not get caught. These actors are real actors and actresses and their skill level is going to determine whether or not they can pull this off. Even production, like the wrong cameraman in the wrong place. They're coming out of the wrong room at the wrong time and he sees it. Like, he's going to start asking questions. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't know if they should have had a goal other than getting him to the end and just trying to, like, survive. It was like every day was just another, like, if we could just get through these next 24 hours and then we could start all over again tomorrow until we get, and, you know, until they whittled it down to the final three. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so shocking in the end when they revealed that they had rehearsed the scenes like mm-hmm. the blocking for the scenes and the scenes themselves. Like I was shocked by that because I thought, you know, they gave him like beats to hit or like, Oh, we, here's the end goal of this, this, you know, breakfast quote unquote scene. Like I want him to be suspicious of her or I want her to reveal that she's, you know, into the the host or whatever. Like I thought it was just kind of like general notes of like, okay, this is the, the vibe we're trying to go for. Like, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. Instead, it was literally that they like, rehearsed with like a stand-in as Matt and just like, okay, you're going to stand here. You're going to sit here. You're going to come in from this room. Like I couldn't believe it. I mean, they just felt like I did feel like they didn't really need to do that. I mean, maybe they did, but it, it just seems like I had no idea it was so rehearsed. I thought that it was more, okay, let's throw you guys in there. You guys are improv actors. Just like go improv. Um, I didn't know it was like, okay, now you're going to be handcuffed to him and he's going to come in and you're going to be meet him on the stairs and like just try and guess what Matt was going to do in the moment. I mean, that that's wild to me. Yeah, and it makes it makes sense. Like, I, I agree with you 100% that it just, it doesn't occur to you that they went through that much, tr- like that much effort for it because mm-hmm. you, you assume, you say, you're actors, here's your motivation, here's the plot, go act. Right. And just, all you have to do is just get them through scene to scene. But honestly... I could just imagine how much pressure that would be. And then like, what if you do step on somebody else's like line or something like that? Or like, if I'm working on that and I'm trying to get this one thing across them and you are like, oh, this is my perfect opportunity to do the thing that I want to do. It's like, okay, now I'm thrown off and maybe we missed the thing that we were looking for because this is still a TV show. So they still Mm -hmm. know what they want to present to television. They still want him in the women's underwear. They still want him, you know, having this emotional response to Earl. Like, so there's still that need for this like hard outline um, especially when things can go off the rails so easily. So yeah, I mean, from your point of view, and yeah, back in back then, I I could just like just think that like, oh yeah, they were just you know kind of just going with it. They know what story they're trying to tell here. But then when they show the amount of work they put into, I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. That probably does make sense because you don't want somebody like you know going the wrong direction when you p- clearly have a plot you're trying you know to convey. I also thought it was interesting how they like had how sometimes he like played even further into their hands than they like thought he would like when they're like, okay, we want him to want to think that Ashley is a mean girl. Like we want Ashley to really come across as a mean girl. And it's like, 
she comes she comes to him she kind of gossips with him whatever and then like the next second he goes around plotting to the rest of the house like okay we're getting ashley out we're voting her out and they're like oh okay i guess this is what we're doing we didn't think he was going to go around and do this but okay and uh you know i just thought that was so funny that he was just like so into the game that he was like okay i'm gonna like scheme and plot and get everyone to vote ashley out and do this and that and uh it's so great. Yeah. I think it helps also that he seems to be a pretty big reality TV fan himself that he mm-hmm. mentions Tina Wesson a couple of times uh, throughout mm-hmm. the episodes. He also talks about how he's like, you know, I didn't understand it when Tina Wesson brought that guy to the end and then uh, she lost. But I totally get it now. It totally makes <laughs> sense to me. So like he certainly has seen his uh, share of these uh, survivor seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Was, and and they made plenty of references to it. It's kind of like he said in his interview, like, oh, I, I really like Survivor. And they're like, cool, because we're going to make this as close to Survivor as possible. We want you to feel comfortable. And so they're like, we got somebody quoting Richard Hatch and we have Jerry Matthew. So, yeah, they lean into it. Mm. They lean to, they lean into it a lot. It's also I mean, I feel like we're it, it's hard to understand now. But like at the time, it was like these reality shows were huge, like everybody watched them everybody talked about them it was so pervasive in our culture like these it was just this new thing that everyone watched like i watched the first season of survivor like with my parents and it was just like what is this oh my god it was so exciting and like to watch the first season of big brother it was like it just was like these shows just started popping up everywhere and it was so i mean it was it was so huge. Like, I feel like it's hard to understand now because it's like, there aren't really any reality shows that are just so culturally huge. Like, like they were in the beginning. What about too hot to handle Melissa? I don't watch too hot to handle. Mm. So it can't be that, can't be that high. You know, (laughs) I, it's just, it's weird because nowadays it's like, okay, we watch big brother. Um, and maybe you'll find a couple friends in your real yeah. life who like watch the show and that's great. And, but there's so much more content out there that it's really like, you know, you, you don't really find, it's not like everybody watches big brother. It's like, maybe they've heard of it. Maybe they haven't, but that's that. Um, but at the time when these reality shows were first coming out, like everybody knew about them. So mm-hmm. like, it does seem like when you're watching it now, like when you're watching the Joe Schmo show, you're like, man, like it's crazy how all these people were survivor fans. Like it's weird that they were all invested in like super into reality TV, but it's like that was TV at that point. Like Mm -hmm. when survivor came out, that was TV. And so Mm -hmm. it really makes sense. Like all these references and things like that, like that was just part of the culture at that point. I mean, it's like, it's like for a while when people were like quoting, like you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Even like, I mean, nowadays people are like, Oh, you must've been amazing. Like, you know, weakest link fan. It's like, no, no, no. Like, that was just like the culture. Like yeah, that was what everyone was yeah. talking about. Um, and so now it's very spread out. It's very diverse. Like people are watching many, many different things. You can watch whatever, but like that was like a cultural touchstone was like the new reality TV stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's weird to see that now, you know, cause it's really not like that. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the ethics of uh, the Joe Schmo show? What was this uh, a, you know, ethical decision to create the Joe Schmo show and build a reality TV show with the intention of tricking this man, but he's also the winner of the show. Uh, they When they reveal to him that it's all fake, 
they tell him, but all of the prizes were yours. Everything here, the $100,000, the 42-inch television, which is, uh, you know, not as much of a prize in 2021 as it is in... uh, $30. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's... 20 on Black Friday, yeah. It's certainly um, ethically ambiguous. I feel like it's tough because it's like, you know, once he signs the contract saying that he's going to be on a reality show and they have the usage of his name and likeness and footage and all that. And then, yeah. you know, it's like, he thinks it's one thing, but really they're just talking about a different show. And then the end result, it's like, he can't then pull out and be like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass myself like this. I don't want to be associated with this project. I thought I was on, you know, the lab of luxury or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, but he's already signed his rights away. So like, he basically just like has to be okay with it. And I think that, you know, I do appreciate that at the end, they tried to kind of say like, you know, did it ju- you have such a good heart and you're such a great guy. And that's why we did this for you. But it's, it's, it is weird. And I do, you know, I do side with Matt in his like end interview when he says to the host, like, I, I take umbrage with the idea that you guys are saying like, we did this for you because you didn't do this for me. You decided you were going to create a fake show. You you cast all these actors. You did all this stuff. And then you went searching for a person to fit in as your Joe Schmo. But it wasn't that you did this for me, yeah. Matt. You did this for yourselves. And now you're pretending that you did it for me. So like it's like the end of Breaking I, Bad. It's it's like <laughs> it's like I just I don't I don't I feel for him because you know, that's such a tricky position to be put into. It's like, yeah, sure. You're happy. You get a hundred thousand dollars, but like, you also probably would have liked to win a hundred thousand dollars and not be humiliated. You know, like that probably Mm -hmm. would have been a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much as he says on the, at the end of the show that he's happy with how it turned out generally. And that, you know, like he's, he's satisfied and all that. and, And we're all ending on good terms. A few years later, he did an interview where he said that, he wishes he had never done the show at all because it was so humiliating and that, you know, people made fun of him and that he felt totally ashamed and embarrassed for years. And he like, couldn't get a job or anything. And I just feel like I feel bad for him Mm -hmm. because that's not really what you want. Like we think of Matt Kennedy gold and we're like, wow, what a, what a great like reaction he had at the end and what a fun TV show and all this stuff. But like, this really did impact his life in a negative way, which is really unfortunate. And I really wish it wasn't like that. Yeah. I feel bad for him because he doesn't, he doesn't walk away from this loveliness. but again, this is spike. Yeah. So it wasn't made to be a feel good show about this man. Like they tried to massage his ego at the end. Yeah. Like you're such a nice guy. We did this for you, mm-hmm. but this is spike TV. Spike TV was putting you in these ladies underwear because they thought it would be funny to laugh at you. Mm -hmm. They were using you. They did this to you, not for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and like had this been like ABC or something like that, it would have been a feel good story. They would have been telling a whole different tale. You know, like The Biggest Loser is one of those reality shows where it's very problematic watching it through a 2021 lens. But these people were trying to lose weight to be like to better their lives, to better their health, you know, very much like a feel good story that was going to be told in the end. That is not what this was. That's just what they tried to sell to him so that he would not, you know, mm-hmm. be like upset with them. Right. Maybe even pursue legal actions or whatever. Right. You need buy-in from uh, Matthew Kennedy Gold at, at the end of this thing. Otherwise, like if if he is not happy and, and he does not want this to exist, I think that makes it a very murky proposition moving forward for the rest of the production. At the end, they're saying like, oh, we're having a big party for you. We're taking you to the Playboy Mansion. Like they're really 
trying to still like dangle carrots in front of him about like all the different things that are in store for him now as the star and the face of this. Uh, but as far as like the ethical question that uh, for this, yeah, it, it is an unethical thing to do to him. But I guess my hot take is every reality show is the Joe Schmo show. You think you're getting one thing, you're getting something else. You think you're in control, you're not in control. So every single reality TV show contestant on some level is Joe Schmo. And at least he got $100,000 for his troubles. (laughs) Like a lot of people don't get nearly what he got. And so, you know, he came across, I guess, fine in in, uh, all of this. A lot of people come across a lot worse and got a lot less for their trouble. Yeah. Look no further than Jerry Matthew. I'm sorry, Melissa, but you know, Jerry's in this episode as like, I was on Survivor and I was the quote unquote bitch. And that's why they brought me in because they want me to be the bitch judge and to be mean to all the contestants. But Jerry was, Jerry went on Survivor to have an adventure. She did not go on Survivor Mm -hmm. to be a villain. She was betrayed, you know, portrayed as a villain in her season. And she, you know, she she wore it proudly. You know, she wore the black hat and all that good stuff. But then she comes back on Survivor again and she's in Survivor All-Stars and she does not love her time there. She doesn't love the things that it does to her friends. It doesn't love the impact that it has on her family, like on her or like her friends and like family and the way that people perceive her. And she's not she did not sign up for that. She signed up to go try to win a million dollars on an island. She did not sign up to be painted as somebody who was a villain, somebody who's going to be hated by people in the world. There were message boards about her. She, I mean, she comes back and she, like I said, for this season, she comes back for Joe Schmo or whatever. And she's, you know, a good sport about it, but she doesn't have to be uh, Mm -hmm. in Jerry's same season. You had uh, like Kale Gleason, who was accused of like cheating, you know, and they're like questioning his honor, you know, or how about Deb Eaton who uh, went out to survivor and then uh, the tabloids had a field day with, she's marrying her stepson. This is incest Mm -hmm. uh, and really ruined her life. Yeah. They didn't sign up for that. What they signed up for was one thing and what they got is another thing. So Rob, I think that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, did, did Matt Kennedy gold come across that bad? Okay. I I guess he came across as a little bit of a schmo uh, that he like got duped, but like you walk away like, Oh, he's the night, like nicest guy. I mean, that's what the like mm-hmm. everybody from the show. I mean, and certainly, yeah, I feel like they tried to they tried to make it so that he was like, oh, the nicest guy, but really, like, I mean, that whole part where he like tries to convince the girls to like go topless or kiss each other, like, it was like, okay, why were you so quick to like say yes to that? Like, that should have been like, yeah. a, no, we're not going to make them do that's ridiculous. And instead, he's like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, girls. Take your tops off. It's like, oh, whoa, okay. Like, I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, that's the part about him that's uh, not that great. Uh, that he does seem like uh, that he's very eager to like the be involved in like all of like the spring break aspects of uh, the <laughs> Joe Schmo experience. Yeah. Uh, that uh, on the good side of the ledger, he is a very like loyal friend and uh, does uh, stick up for people who are you know uh, like. A, you know, anytime there are people that need defending in other ways, uh, that he is like a, a good friend to have. 
Yeah, he's got the spike creep energy that they're looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but there was yeah. a lot of that, by the way. Like yeah. it felt gross. A lot of it, not just from him, but like everybody being like, oh, oh, oh look at this girl's breasts. Like, I'm going to put my hand on that. <laughs> it was like, Ugh. like it just put such a bad taste in my mouth. And I didn't even remember that at the time. I think that like it was a very different like cultural time. I mean, like that was when like American Pie was like a thing. And like that was like the humor um and now i feel like it's like that's not really the place we're at as a culture so Mm -hmm. thank god but like that at the time was so normal like for shows like that was the comedy and it's weird to see it now like that Mm -hmm. yeah i think another good example of someone who goes on reality tv and becomes something that they might not have enjoyed it's probably eric reichenbeck right like he goes on reality tv he has this really like like I've I've read the like oral history of that moment. He has this really hard moment for him where he has to get, he gives away his idol, and you know Jeff is calling him the they're calling him the dumbest player who ever existed, and da 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 da. Yeah. But you do come away from that thinking like he's a sweet guy, you know. And this is very similar. Like they make fun of him. They call him Joe Schmo. They they name the show after him. That clip of him like what is going on? It's circulating all over the internet. Like well, internet question two thousand three. I guess there was internet. <laughs> yeah. It's circulating all over television. You know, like all over the place. It's on every clip show. The soup. It's on best week ever. It's everywhere. And he didn't ask for that. And I think Eric probably has a similar situation yeah. where like yeah, this really crazy thing happened to me when I was a a young lad. And I, it's hard for me to go home because even though y'all look at me as like, that's the guy who gave away the idol or that's the really sweet guy who made the mistake. I'm still a human and I have to go back to home to my dad who's punching a hole in the wall because he's, I blew a million dollars. You know, like this man has to go back to his friends and family who are now like, look at you. You're wearing ladies underwear. Like, oh, you're so stupid. I can't believe you fell for this. Like, I would never fall for that. And so they're like, here's a hundred thousand dollars and a TV. Please be quiet. Please mm-hmm. don't hate us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trips also. Tahiti. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't talked at all about the host of the Joe Schmo show who does play a, a considerable role in the storyline. Uh, that R- R- Ralph, the host of the show, uh, that I, I think he's very good. Mm, he's so good. I, I love I love him in this. I feel like he does such a good job as especially because like the whole point is he's supposed to be the smarmy host. And I feel like he does such a good job. And then to add in like the storyline of like him having a crush on one of the contestants and one of the cont- the other contestants having a crush on him. And yeah. it's like this love triangle. It just I thought that that was so funny. And Matt's just sitting here like, is that normal that you just like have like a crush on the host and that like you guys have a relationship? Yeah. Like, is that normal? My only complaint with that is that I feel like that that story doesn't go anywhere. Like, it's just like a, just like a bunch of crazy things happen. But I, I don't know what they wanted out of that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's. Yeah, I don't think there's anything specifically that they want out of any of it. I think they all are just like, okay, what crazy things can we throw at this guy? And like, let's see his reaction. Mm. I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe also to like avoid any sort of like him thinking he has some sort of like chance with any of the characters. I don't know. Yeah. So just for people who are listening to this, who didn't watch the show or forgot that there is a character on the show. Is it Molly the Virgin? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly the version and, yeah. and Ashley the bitch, I believe is what they're called. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that uh, uh, Joe Schmo, a.k.a. Matt, uh, he kind of has a crush on Molly the virgin, uh, but she has a boyfriend back home. And at, at, at one point, 
uh, the boyfriend comes to visit and, and he's handcuffed to Molly and the boyfriend is unhappy about that. But also the host of the show is being like very forward with Molly. And while uh, Matt has a crush on Molly, the host seems like he is the one who's uh, uh, getting closer to the goal than Matt is. And so uh, that is like increasingly like um, more and more like of a romance between them. And ultimately, when she gets voted out of the show, that she gets up there and starts making out with the host in front of everybody. <laughs> it's just so insane. Like, it's so funny that like, I mean, I feel like any other person would have been like, okay, we all know this is like not actually happening, right? Yeah. Like this can't be real. And instead he's just like, I guess this is, you know, this is what's going on. Well, I guess this is the way it is. I mean, this is like a year before uh Julie Berry is gonna date Jeff Probst. Yeah. And like ten years before uh Dawson runs up and kisses him on the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, things happen. It's called reality TV. I think you can't rule anything out if you're in his position. Because that's the thing. We don't know what happens behind the scenes on these shows, right? We don't know if, you know, like crazy stuff like this happens on Big Brother. And like, we don't know the production stuff. So the, we we get the edited version. So from his point of view, he's probably like, oh, they're probably going to edit that out. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that wasn't a big thing. But like, yeah, this is definitely where the shenanigans are like at all time high. Yeah. And just in defense of um, Matt, who is like, you know, uh, ultimately duped, you know, as somebody who goes out and is a part of one of these reality shows that I mean, if you would have told me on day 39 of Survivor that it, the whole thing was fake, uh, yeah, I, w- I would have been blown away. But, you know, it's like you're just so excited to be there. You're not mm-hmm. questioning everything of like, is this fake? I mean, that nobody would have uh, thought that like you, you go out on these productions. It's all new to you. It's all so there's so much excitement. So you, you totally can understand why uh, he would just be like going along with the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Rob, think about your season alone, right? You got the chocolate and peanut burger with the two models jump like mm-hmm. naked standing up there. <laughs> yeah. You got the shelter burning down. You got granola gate or whatever that was. Was it turkey mm-hmm. or granola? Whatever. You got all that going on in one season. You got Matt with the machete. You know, you got Christy Maybe voting it was the wrong fake. way. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard this. About, I was like, oh, I trust you, but I don't do I trust you? You know, but yeah, I'm just saying there are reasons to believe in a situation like that. Like production might have their finger on the scale a little bit to make some TV magic happen. And so when you see these kind of things, you have to say, well, maybe that could have happened because, you know, I've mm-hmm. seen Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> I also want to add that um, Matt Kennedy Gold has uh, some weird quirks also in that he uh, th- that Chappelle reminded me of this when he talked about Survivor of the Amazon, uh, that he can't eat chocolate. Uh, that the chocolate makes him sick, and if he has to eat chocolate, like it makes him want to throw up. It's probably one of the worst allergies that I've ever heard of in my life. Because I'm a person with some allergies, but I, if, was it an I allergy, or was it just that he didn't like out. the taste of it? I don't know, because he said he had to throw up. So I don't. It it sounded to me like it might have been an allergic reaction, but sometimes your body just tells you like you mm-hmm. don't like this, and you're not going to digest it. And it was just one of his things. Again, this is the sweetest man they found in the world. He just doesn't like chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's a huge problem, though. You know, if you don't like chocolate, there's something going on. There's something wrong. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I can like him. 
They, they knew he was a mark the moment he said that. The moment they yeah, said, they're like, like, wait a I second. I can't eat chocolate. They're like, I think this is our guy. <laughs> <laughs> he can't stomach chocolate. We got him. We got him. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's talk about uh, this third episode of Joe Schmo that we're going to talk about here. Uh, the episode that features uh, the talent show and features uh, an appearance by Survivor's own Jerry Manthe. Um, Chappelle, what's going on in the third episode? Uh, so episode three starts with, you know, like Melissa was saying, they start off with they, they have to brief like the actors and say, okay, now what are we doing differently today? And this is kind of like them having to defuse the bomb that was Matt thinking that Ashley, the rich bitch, um, his words, not mine, um, has feelings for him. Like they've got, it's gotten too close, right? Like they're like, okay, if he starts catching feelings for you, like then we're, then we're crossing some lines there. So we need to make a division between y'all two. And that's when she goes to him, I believe, and she starts to plant the seed that uh, Molly is trying to get with the host. Um, but Matt doesn't even believe her. Like, she's like, hey, Molly's trying to get with the host. Matt's like, what? Molly? No, she's a virgin. She's 19 and a virgin. Something. Mm-hmm. She can't be wanting to have sex now. She's 19. She waited this long. It's been years. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's funny that, like, he's, like, she tells him something like that, and immediately his reaction is like, we gotta get Ashley out. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, she's just, like, gossiping with you. Like, you should be like, oh, this girl feels close enough to me to talk to me. Let me keep her in. And instead... He just immediately goes and like rallies the troops to get her out. Well, the question is, is he getting her out because she's like spreading this rumor about Molly or is she getting him out? Is he getting her out because he just he likes Ashley and she likes the host. It's like, well, you don't want me. Yeah, Yeah. we might as well vote you out. You know, you can leave. You can go. I don't really need you here. So we have (laughs) to question his motives there a little bit. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, they get through this moment of actually, let's talk about that a little bit. He rallies the votes like like he is a survivor, big brother, professional. Okay, he's hitting. He's working the room like okay tonight. 
like he goes to the hutch who he hates the hutch is supposed to be designed to be the a-hole of the show everyone's supposed to hate him he's the villain he goes to the hutch and like hey don't worry about it you're safe i got you i was gonna vote for you tonight but we got a different plan we're voting out as like it was mm-hmm. masterful watching him work like that mm-hmm. and then he turned into a regular reality tv like c- a competitor he goes to dr pat Kristen wig and he's like okay dr pat here's what we do it and even in her little confessional where she's she's an actress and she says you know, I really like the way he pitched that. He didn't ask me if I was okay with it. He told me. And I was like, I've seen plenty of people get voted off Big Brother just for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of funny to me. Yeah, he's playing hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, and I think it's funny, too, that they're like, yeah, but we don't want Ashley to leave, though. Like, they're like, we need to do, like, that's not the end result that's going to happen here. Like, we need to figure out another reason that Ashley stays, because, like, their storyline was not done with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's a strategic mastermind. He's just like, <laughs> He's like, okay, Ashley's out. Boom. He like turns into Sandra. Like, you want him out? Boom. It's done. I got. Don't worry about it. Like, he's working the room. I was, I was actually kind of impressed. I was like, look at you. Uh, you might have some some acumen for one of these shows. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. I thought that the guy who played Brian did a very good job during the scene where Matt was trying to kind of like gauge their interest in getting Ashley out. It was him and uh, Molly and Brian. It was Molly, Brian, and Matt, and they were talking, and it was like. Matt was trying to gauge their interest and Brian, I thought did a really good job of like seeming totally real with it. Like I felt like, you know, a lot of the times, like some of the people, it was like, because we knew they were acting, like you could kind of tell like, Oh, they're acting here. But I felt like Brian always felt really real to me. Um, And so I thought that was very interesting because he was also like a writer of the show. So he really did do a good job of playing like the best friend, like totally real. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian uh, did not mind getting naked a lot. There's a lot of male nudity also in uh, Joe Schmo. The men male like it. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Male nudity is funny. Like, yeah, man, but yeah, yeah. nudity generally, they love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they Rob they after after um, he goes and tries to whip the vote, which is a still <laughs> right. sounding television. <laughs> I think that's when they go to the uh, to the talent show, which is the challenge of the episode. Mm-hmm. The challenges were very uh, bizarre. Like every single episode, it was like just this strange challenge. It's like they couldn't put together like, and I guess it makes sense that like you can't really put together some sort of like like something physical or some sort of survivor esque challenge because you can't rig that as well. Cause it's like, he could just be really amazing at it. And then mm-hmm. you're like, well, what do we do now? He just won immunity. Um, but <laughs> you know, like I do feel like some of the challenges were a little, uh, I mean, this one was kind of like, okay, do a talent show. Like is that really the challenge that we're going to have here, but I see why they did it, but still it's kind of like, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Rob, did, did any of the challenges stand out to you, Rob? I mean, uh, a lot of them, it just seemed like very repetitive after a while of like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're going to get this uh, like uh, adult actress who's covered in something and then uh, or like uh, get this adult actress wet or in front of the pool uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> you know, get, like uh, get covered in honey, and then also, so there was always like some or like uh, put your hands on this adult actress. So, oh, like, <laughs> hands on a hard idol, you mean? Yes, <laughs> yes. So I feel like the, the talent show was like the most normal competition they yeah. had in the entire series. And then the yeah. one time they try and do something physical, Kristen Wiig goes to the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reason like, oh, why okay. they avoided that? <laughs> yeah, they're like just yeah. models from now on, just adult film stars from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of all the shows we talked about on the rewind, this is the most mundane challenge of them all. It's like talent show, do what you want. 
Yeah. And there's, there's like no rules. It's just do what you want. Jerry Manthe will decide if you win. Yeah. And, and that's it. I thought Brian's was pretty impressive with the uh, double xylophone. Mm-hmm. Oh, the marimba. Yeah. The marimba. Well, yeah. that was good. Jerry Manthe is there and she is going to play up the bitch character of the, like, so no matter what these people do, like they do like really <laughs> impressive stuff. And Jerry is just uh, completely unimpressed with what they do. Brian plays like this amazing xylophone symphony. And she's like, that was, that was terrible. Like, it's like, it's it was two like a one. Ten. Yeah. yeah was like they, a one. She was giving them all like ones and twos and threes. So bad. <laughs> he was so good. I wonder how long he practiced that or if he's just like a practice, mar- like marimba uh, yeah. like, performer. Cause he's like, yeah. he must be a pro. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It. <laughs> it was so good. I was impressed. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah, his was one of the best ones. Ooh, another one that stood out though. Dr. Pat. Can we talk oh about my Kristen god, Wig that was the, so funny! Mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig in the puppet even, show. I couldn't even laugh. I couldn't oh laugh. Oh my it god, was so Earl real. could. Yeah. When yeah. she's like, "What did you do? You came home." Oh my god, that was so <laughs> funny. And then she's just so serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> keep a straight face because I was I been know. in tears. I know everyone in the audience was just like, "Wow, oh my god!" Like, yeah, and then she—I don't know how she. Yeah, she just literally. <laughs> Just kept played it so straight the whole time. And it's just yeah. like, I, oh, it well, was so good. She had confided to Matthew about her three marriages, which is also <laughs> like a very funny, like, I'm assuming it was an improv that she gave him about her three marriages, about how <laughs> uh, she was young and then she uh, married the young guy who was a stereo installer and then it was, <laughs> that was no good. And then she got married to her professor who was old uh, and she told the whole story and then basically like reenacted it with the puppets. But Earl, the uh, is he a Vietnam vet? And he was laughing the whole time <laughs> that she was going. And Matthew, this is one of the moments where you see that he's like, he's like, hey, like uh, she's that is that supposed to be funny? Like this is serious. <laughs> this is her life. This is her life. This is her life. <laughs> uh, you know, it's bo- he, it bothers him that he's laughing during her emotional puppet show. Yeah, and while the puppets are like physically the puppets being physically and mentally abused like it's just so awful like yeah. oh my god it's so crazy I, I couldn't laugh because i was in, engulfed in the story of the puppet she's like like i know something you don't need a remote to turn on and then 30 seconds later she like sl- gets slapped upside down i was like oh yeah. my gosh is this domestic <laughs> violence and meanwhile melissa's at home laughing earl's laughing and me and matt are both <laughs> disgusted like oh my god like, is she okay maybe i do have feelings yeah maybe i do have feelings what's this about Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was so good. And I mean, like, especially like, it's so hard because you know, like, sh- Kristen Wiig as an actress, like, knows that this is fake, but supposed to be real, but supposed to be a puppet show about a real event that like happened in her character's past. Like, I just don't know how she played that. So, like, she played it so well. I was so impressed. Chappelle, yeah. what did you think about uh, Matthew's beatboxing talents? Uh, okay. Woo. All right. This was tough for me because again, Matt had me a hello. I've been like, I like I can tell this man feels strongly and he is there to support these people. So I'm like supporting him through my television screen, but I cannot support this. His beatboxing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like this was like he tried. He committed. He committed. If you he wore commit, the hat. 
He wore the hat. Yeah, he, he wore had, those horrible, horrible. He had the pants. like the backwards beret, like he was Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he looked like LL Cool J or like in the house. It was very, it was upsetting. Uh, but Does LL Cool J have you blocked? Is that, did you say that on like, Twitter the other day? Why are we bringing that up? That ain't got nothing to do with this. So anyway, that's so crazy. I don't understand he's got that. Some horrible pants on. And he's beatboxing and he ends up getting like five points because, well, like it got like one point from Jerry, I think. Yeah. And then he got like five or something from the other guy. Because yeah, I think I can bring up him, uh, him beatboxing. Let me see if Please I don't. <laughs> you don't want to hear it? I mean, it's fine. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Here's uh, some of uh, Matthew beatboxing. I've been beatboxing and messing around since 83. <laughs> but for a long time, I, mean, I always just kid around with it. I never thought that it was a talent. <laughs> Jerry Manthe has a very pained look on her face. She is me and I am her. We are one. Jerry and I are in like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, meanwhile, look, I'm dancing. It's great. <laughs> I, I love that the other contestants, though, that like the actors, they clap for them because I think that's the under, underrated part of this. Even though they're acting, they're making real bonds with him. They mm-hmm. just have to hide it behind their actor and actress facade. So a lot of these times when he's crying, they feel for him or when, you know, like a lot of they get the luxury of going to sleep at night knowing this is not them and he does not and yeah it's fascinating to watch Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I thought is a really good character moment that happens uh, in the talent show. Uh, first of all, there's there's Kip, who uh, probably a, a problematic uh, character to have. <laughs> you would not have uh, Kip in uh, 2021, who is no. uh, that he is uh, billed as uh, the gay guy on the <laughs> show, uh, played by a, a straight person uh, playing a gay person on the show. Uh, but like playing a flamboyant gay person yeah, too. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't uh, ideally do it that way now. No, and he, but he does a, a card trick, and he he does such a bad card trick. But uh, Matthew says when he's like, uh, "Is this your card?" At the end, he says, "Yes, yes, that was my was my card." And Jerry ruined tries it. to sell the magic trick, and Jerry Manthe like calls that that wasn't his card. Uh, yeah. That was so Matt, sad. Yeah, yeah, but only Matt would go through with that. Anybody else would be like, "Ooh, Kip, I'm sorry, you messed up." You know, like this yeah. is a competition for a hundred thousand dollars, and, yeah. and Matt's like, "No, this is this is the card, Kip. It's fine. You did okay. Like it's cool." Um, so yeah, like I said, there are great. There's a ton of great character modes for him. He has some creepy masculine tendencies, you know, mm-hmm. but there is still like a warm, like fuzzy guy there that is just going through this very emotional thing. And he thinks he's going along, you know, he's going along with it with other people. Mm-hmm. And he's just not. Ultimately, the Hutch is going to close out the talent show, Melissa, with a rendition of America the Beautiful. Um, Please don't play it. I will play it. <laughs> Melissa, what do you think of uh, the Hutch's uh, singing? A beautiful singer. Honestly, I think it it was kind of funny because it was just so out of character for him to all of a sudden just be like this beautiful singer Um, and such a good, like a serious and like patriotic song too. Like whereas the rest of the season, he's this just like 
burping, farting, like loud mouth guy. And I just thought that that it, it really rounded him out, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it hit the right note with Matt, though. Like, remember, they still have to sell this story to Matt, but they have the right person. They, Matt, he sings America the Beautiful in like a decent tone. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he blew it out the water, did anything amazing, but he sang it. And you could tell, like, he put his, he put some effort into it. And Matt's like, hey, the Hutch, I've been trying to get you out since week one, but you kind of won me over with that. Like, I, it was good to see you care about something and to like put your heart into something. And it, it worked. Like, had this been anyone else, they're like, what? The Hutch singing American music? This is, what is he, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you like this? Or like, that's, you know, but he, it worked on him. Chappelle, I, I think it was really important to have the Hutch in the cast because I think that in comparison to the Hutch, like the Hutch makes uh, Matt seem like such a better guy. And it's the fact that mm-hmm. he's always pushing back against the Hutch and trying to tell the Hutch to change his ways. Like if you <laughs> didn't have that character, I don't know if you would come away from this show feeling like, oh, Matt is a really nice guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a good villain. You know, he had a good villain who you could put, you know, put across from him to where like what and he and he's one of those protective people. Right. Like, so he's so loyal, like you were saying that anytime somebody is wronging someone and that's very much the Hutch's style, he's speaking up mm-hmm. and he's like consoling them. Whereas like any like you pick another person who is probably less combative or even like l- less outspoken, they might just sit around and let it happen. And then you're looking at them like, oh, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, you're no fun or you're like, you're not a great guy because you're just standing by and watching this creep act like a creep. But, you know, Matt's creepy ways get overshadowed by the Hutch and he actually does the thing that you would like for him to do with speaking up and like being there for the other people. So, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, like when the Hutch sleeps with uh, Dr. Pat <laughs> and Dr. And the Hutch is talking a, a bit like basically like kissing and telling like uh, Matt's like, that's not right. Just, like, you don't don't be like that, Hutch. And so like, he, he definitely like, uh, you know, has uh, like certain things he's going to push back on. Mm-hmm. I think I think they did luck out in terms of casting where they cast someone who is willing to speak up and who is willing to kind of like push back because they could have really you guys are right. They absolutely could have gotten someone who's just like, I'm just going to stay out of it. This isn't my business. And then like, what's the show then? You know, if the person's not going to like get, you know, get involved in any of the drama, quote unquote, like then you just have a show where drama's happening around a guy and he's just sitting there silently being like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a lot better to have him be involved and insert himself into these situations and kind of try to like steer people in a certain direction because we know they're actors. And so like, Oh, it's funny that way versus like, if we're just watching actors act and he's just standing there watching with us, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like worse. He's- like, could you imagine like, you know, the, that mm-hmm. him and like uh, the Hutch are like you know uh, <laughs> and the, yeah it's like like it's like uh, like uh, Jackson and and uh, Jack from Big Brother Twenty One like, like partners in crime. Oh my god! Can you imagine if like it went awry like that where they bring him in and it's like oh man you're my dude yeah. like we're BFFs. Like, Hutch, like, the Hutch is the greatest guy. That is my yeah. best friend He's forever. So funny. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like Brian's supposed to be the buddy, and instead he's like this nerd <laughs> loser. I just. Or he's like really doing the strategy too. He's like, I'm keeping Brian around so I can cut him at the end. You're like, Brian. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really could have gotten someone else and it could have been a very different show for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they found the most accepting man. I won't say the sweetest man in America, but he pretty much was accepting of anything. You go to him and say, I'm a marriage therapist, but I've mm-hmm. had three failed marriages and here's how they all went wrong. And he's like, okay. You know, mm-hmm. or then like you go, like the Hutch is like a super creep and then he sings American the Beautiful and, and, and Matt's like, 
okay. And you know, like, uh, and mm-hmm. Molly has a crush and it's going to make out with the host. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, you know, like he comes around to everything. He's like, he's not going to shame you, you know? Well, he has the moment in the first episode where they introduce, uh, Kip and yeah. he, the, everybody is stunned because he says to Kip, like, oh, you're, you're gay, right? Uh, and ever is like basically so like wait hold, did he just out Kip on the show? <laughs> uh, but then he is like uh like he he like immediately realizes like oh that was like a messed up thing to do and he's like very apologetic about the whole thing and then is like super defensive about Kip the whole rest of the way especially with the mm-hmm. Hutch. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine being one of the actors and having that be like the first impression of him is like he's just like you're gay right. It's like, whoa, okay, like I do not know what this guy's gonna do. Like, we really don't know. Like, we thought we thought it was gonna be, you know, relatively some kind of easygoing guy. And if he's already doing this, mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen later on? I mean, luckily that wasn't really indicative of like who he is and like what he was gonna do later. But like, you know, I feel like as a first impression, that might scare me a little because I would be afraid that he would call me out on like whatever acting I was doing or whatever character I was playing, and I'd have to like justify it and explain myself and so you know i can imagine them like shaking in their boots a bit yeah and his tone wasn't like accusatory like no. look at you gay guy i'm out of you <laughs> it was more like hey look a gay person yeah like, oh you don't do that to people yeah and he's like oh i'm sorry I, I you know i don't have an issue with that i was just you know just thought it was a gay person standing there i thought i talked to him mm-hmm. you know so for him it just he's just so accepting of everything like you just throw it at him and he's like oh okay you know but he'll defend you you know like like you said he he takes a liking to Kip very quickly and he's like okay well no one's gonna make fun of you because I accept you and they are too yeah like it's 2003 there's going to be one gay person on the reality TV show and I think he Mm -hmm. felt like oh I found him yeah and uh, Mm -hmm. you know uh, like, and he's very apologetic about the, about the whole thing uh, a- afterwards, mm-hmm. and tries to tries to make it right uh, with Kip. Uh, little does he know that Kip is actually a straight person, uh, pretending to be a gay person on the show. But mm-hmm. that's uh, a <laughs> also pretending to be Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I think Vietnamese man is like putting like a, <laughs> a Latin accent on. It's very weird. You wouldn't do it weird. now. You wouldn't do it. No, yeah, that, no. Yeah, you, it wouldn't be done. Yeah, but. In episode three, this is going to be the most dramatic elimination of the whole series, Chappelle. Yeah. So after uh, the Hutch wins immunity and he wears the immunity robe, um, they have to go to their elimination, which is very flavor of love style. Yeah. You know, like in flavor of love, they all they, they hand the women their clocks. In this show, they have decorative <laughs> plates. Melissa, I love the eliminations. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. That's my favorite part of the show. It's just so like overwrought and like dramatic and just they just smash the plate. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> underrated, you know, uh, that of course they say you know, ash to ash is dust to dust. Uh, okay, And they say you're dead to us. But when the host <laughs> starts off the ceremony and says, one of you is about to say goodbye to high society and return to your sad existence of working for the man. <laughs> and they say it every time it's so funny it like totally your sad right. existence working for the man and everyone's just like nodding along like yep we are oh my god it's so they good wanted, they wanted to speak to matt's motivations matt is like they oh i think it's the first episode where they're like what, why are you here you know like what what's your story and he goes because i don't have nothing else to do you know mm-hmm. and it's like i'm broke 
I'm broke. I am poor. That's why I'm here. I want to win some money. I, I signed up for this show because I thought I could win some money. And I'm tired of being poor. And I felt that in my soul. OK, mm-hmm. so if you talk, if you start off any day with me saying like, OK, Chappelle, today you could be broke again or you could not be broke. I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm dialed in. You know, so it was the perfect thing to kind of talk to his core motivation. The rest of them are actresses and actors. They don't care. Mm-hmm. But he is like tuned in to like, do I want to go back to working for the man? I don't think so. It sounds ghetto. Not for me. You know, uh, I wish on Wikipedia, they gave me like the voting chart like they do with the survivor seasons. <laughs> Rob, Nobody why? has done that. Nobody has they done that. We're, yeah. What's the edging? On, yeah. uh, I want how many What's votes did Earl get? Oh. Yeah, that's the thing is I feel like they didn't fully explain like even to Matt, like did, why Earl did Matt vote out. for Earl. No, no, he voted no. for Ashley. Yeah, Matt voted for Ashley. Uh, Kip uh, whipped the votes to where Earl got voted out. And then on Earl's way out, Earl does his final speech because unlike any other reality show, they say, <laughs> okay, now that you're on your way out, you get to address the people who voted you mm-hmm. out. Uh, and that's not, not something we see on any show. It's normally like, get your bag yeah. and get out. They didn't do that on Flavor of Love, Chappelle? No, them people just like he would say, "Show me some love," and he would give them a hug, and yeah. then they would turn around and spit on each other. But like this time, he's like, "No, come up here and say your final words." Yes. And 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 Earl stands up there. He's like, "You know what? The only thing I took from this is how much I love Kip. Kip is such a great guy. I'm a, a grizzled old veteran. It was very like Rudy and yeah. uh, and uh, Richard Hatch that they were trying to play for. And so mm-hmm. then he's like, on the way out, like." I gotta hug Kip. And he hugs Kip and Matt just bursts into tears. He can't... The the guilt in him is just overwrought because he's like, no, Kip is the reason you're going home. Don't hug him. But I also can't tell you that because I too love Kip. What's happening? I feel so bad. And he just breaks down. Yeah, This was too much for me. I couldn't watch it. It was so sad. Yeah. It was a big moment because the whole production was like, "What are we doing? Ah, this is like, uh, this is like, uh, we're uh, they're hurting this man." Yeah, yeah. It, that was it, when they almost like quit the whole thing. They were almost like, "I don't know if we can move forward with this mm-hmm. because like these are real emotions, these are real feelings." And I think that definitely was the pivot from, you know, we're doing this to kind of poke fun at this person and laugh at him, where and like humiliate him, whereas afterwards it was like you know like that's really not the vibe we should be going for here because i really don't think america would be cool with that at this point so we kind of need to like change gears here and i think i think they did the right thing by changing gears and if they had just kept like poking fun at at him it would be like okay this is just cruel at this point you know (laughs) yeah he was he was gonna quit the show let's be very clear like had this kept going the reaction to kip he would not have been able to handle it had they not pivoted because he was done. He like collapsed onto the stairs and just started bawling. And people were like coming to console him. He goes to his room and he's crying. He's saying it. He went jet full Jerry Matthew. It's not worth it. Like he's doing the things. And it's like, this is what reality TV does to normal people who are not surrounded by actors. This man is surrounded by actors. And he's having the same exact moment that we've seen time and time again when people get blindsided on the show. You know, this makes me question myself a little bit. I love a good blindside on Big Brother and survivor and you're like get it together why are you crying you just met this person but look at poor matt he's Mm -hmm. surrounded by actors and he's going through the same thing that we judge these people for in the house week to week on big brother oh it's so gross yeah i would have pivoted i 
I, I couldn't have done it. I could not have been complicit in it. I'm sorry. This was not me. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if I was one of the producers at that point, and I do think that they were feeling this way, it was like, what do we do now? Like, we can't do this. We can't put this guy through this. This poor guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do think that they handled it in the right way because otherwise they really would have just, like, had to stop the show. Um, but, you know, there's obviously still lingering feelings where it's like, okay, well, yeah, as much as you you gave me the money and the trips and the TV or whatever, like, I'm still being humiliated on TV. Like, this was all still like a big joke, essentially, um, like a big trick that you guys played on me. And, you know, I'm sure he didn't feel great about it. But, you know, I I, I think they did the best they could with trying to make him feel okay afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Joe Schmo would be a big hit for Spike TV, so much so that they did Joe Schmo season two. Melissa, is Joe Schmo season two? I know they couldn't uh, pull it off from what you were saying, but Mm -hmm. is it considered to be as good as the first season? Um. From my perspective, and from what I know of at the time of like general sentiment, was mainly like everyone was really excited for it. Everyone was like, Oh my God. Yay. It's coming back. We love Joe Schmo. Like that's such, that was such a good show. Like this is exciting. But because people knew about the Joe Schmo show, um, the first time around, you know, it was very hard to Mm -hmm. find people who, you know, could be fooled like that. And they did run into that problem and it did kind of ruin the show a bit. Um, because they kind of had to just like, change everything and then make one of the because they tried to do two marks so they Mm -hmm. tried to trick two people one a girl and a guy and they tried to to trick them both and then the girl ended up catching on like right away and was like is this like the joe schmo show and they're like oh my god so then they had to bring her on as like an actress Mm -hmm. like they had to basically let her on them bring her in yeah. yeah, exactly. Because otherwise they were going to have to shut everything down. And they ended up just tricking another guy or that guy. And I do feel like for me, I mean, maybe if I rewatch it now, I might have a different feeling about it. But I do feel like for me, it wasn't as good as the first time around because uh, it was a dating show. Yes. Um, and for me, like, I wasn't really interested in that at the time. So, like, a lot of the, the dating, like, tropes, like, I, I just didn't really like, I was like, okay, whatever. But, like, the first season was, like, Survivor-esque, yes. Big Brother-esque. And so I was really into that. Whereas, like, the dating thing, it was kind of like, you had to watch people, like, go on and date. And it was, it felt kind of weird to have, like, the guy who's being tricked try and, like, win over the girl. And it's like, feelings are there, you know? It's not just like, oh, we're just competing for money. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, we're competing for someone's, like, heart. And it just felt different, I yeah. felt. Um, so I didn't like that one as much. I would gotten a text from somebody who I trust who said, Joe Schmo uh, season two is better than season one. I have to disagree with that. But yeah. unless, I mean, I guess like if this person really likes, uh, you know, dating shows and knew a lot of like the tropes from that, like you might get a kick out of it. Um, I just felt like that wasn't really like my area. And I think even the third season. Um, yeah. I was- so I didn't even know there was a third season. So in 2013, there is a third season of the Joe Schmo show that airs. Uh, season one was 2003. 2004 is the second season. Uh, Melissa, tell us about season three of the Joe Schmo show. Yeah, season three is about bounty hunting. 
Yeah. So um, I like I was so excited for it to come back again because it had been so long. I mean, after this, the like scare of the second season when the person caught on and it just was so popular at that point that like they really were struggling to find people who didn't know about the show and who wouldn't get caught, like wouldn't catch on to it. Um, but then they took this giant hiatus. And we're able to like come back at a time when people really didn't really remember Joe Schmo, or at least Mm -hmm. they didn't think it was coming back. And in fact, they, when they they released the um, news about this reality show, they didn't like initially when it was like, Hey, this is on the schedule. They didn't say that it was Joe Schmo show. They said it was a show called like bounty hunters or something. The full bounty. bounty. And so they didn't even reveal that it was a Joe Schmo show at first. So everyone just thought it was just a show about bounty hunting. Then once it aired, they switched and were like, Hey, by the way, this is actually the Joe Schmo show. Um, So that way they could fool people into thinking this was really just a show about bounty hunting. Um, But for me, I couldn't get into this season as much either just because like I wasn't interested in bounty hunting. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it, like the underlying premise also has to kind of get me um, in order for me to be really interested. I mean, I love the the general concept of like fooling someone into thinking it's a reality show and like having to go through all the various uh, things to try and uh, or like behind the scenes things to try and trick them into thinking that and the production stuff. I really like that. But um, I think like overall, I just wasn't as interested. I also think it was a shorter season. I don't know if it was, but I, I, I think it was the I same. Remember it was like it's ten episodes. A shorter yeah. season, um, and so I just like I couldn't really get into that one as much as the first season. I just feel like it never hooked me like the first season did, and I think partially because it's like, well, we've already kind of seen it done, um, and there's really not that many other things you can like play off of when it comes to reality TV. Like at the time, it was like reality TV was so new and we were just starting to realize that like there were tropes associated with reality TV mm-hmm. that like when they actually like played off those stuff, it was like, Oh my God, they're calling these reality shows out for things that I started to notice. Um, and then now it's kind of like, well, yeah, duh, you're going to have these caricatures like yeah. nothing new. We have podcasts to break it all down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would probably still, I, I kind of want to go back and watch them all and see, maybe I'll have a different perspective, but I just know that was my, that was my take at the time I watched it. Yeah. Chappelle, anything else on the Joe Schmo show? Uh, we pretty much covered everything from season one, of course. Season two is very similar. Like Melissa was saying, it's in the vein yeah, of like the Bachelorette. We didn't mention that they tried to make him think he was going to eat dog poop. I think because we hated that, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least I that. did. No, yeah. we hated it as a family. I thought it was just like, <laughs> I mean, like legally, there is no way they're going to have him eat that. So like, but, but he just tried to like basically said that like uh, that, and they brought him to have a meeting with the executive uh, <laughs> at that point. Also, like, like they would never just like bring in an executive to be like, well, let's meet with this one reality like contestant. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> It just is so unrealistic. Like, like production. I did think that was one of the funniest parts when he was meeting with the executive, uh, and like the the executive was basically like just like telling him like uh, like look you do this like uh, we'll I'll destroy you we'll send you back like we need ratings like uh, like, I thought that guy was really funny. Yeah, and then they're like underbelly. Yeah, they're like, okay, well, then you have to get the girls to go topless. Like, I just like, I mean, if I was Matt in that moment, I'd be like, okay, this is not yeah. real. Like, I feel well, like I would have just I think totally they, been like, they thought that he was going to say no to that. They, I think yeah. they, thought, they thought that he was like, no way. And then he was and he's like, like okay. okay, fine, we'll do it. 
<laughs> and he goes down there yeah. and he's like, you know what in this world what people want, ladies? Take your tops off. It's like, what? Yes. Well, no, he was like trying to say like, he was like, like, I know, I know this male dominated society. Like, uh, it's the patriarchy. <laughs> it's like, oh, the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you are contributing. You know how it is, ladies. <laughs> I don't like you it either. You know how it is, so do it. I'm yeah. not happy about oh this. God. And they're like, why don't they have you guys kiss? And it's like, it's well, like, no, 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 nobody no, wants no. that. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you guys. You just go ahead and do it. We're just going to zoom in real quick on the mm-hmm. camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but make sure the camera's on this. Yeah, there's a lot of wacky shenanigans between both seasons, but Melissa's right. I don't think you can do it twice. I mean, if you do, you do have to have that big gap between like mm-hmm. what they did for season two and season uh, what uh, three, where it's yeah. like like almost oh, like almost ten years to where people aren't even thinking about it anymore. But mm-hmm. I do think it's possible to pull it off because there are shows like Too Hot to Handle that the premise is. Hey, you're on this show and, you know, like it's for one thing, but then boom, it's we switched it into something else. Or even like The Circle that sounds like five years ago, you couldn't have imagined a show where all we were doing is texting somebody and you could <laughs> you could be somebody or you could completely not be that person. And it's part of the game. So like imagine if season season three or four of The Circle was just like we only have one contestant and yeah. everybody else is a plant. And that one person is like. I'm I'm Christy and I'm and I'm catfishing as John and all this other stuff and everybody <laughs> knows it and they're just playing into it every week and they're making them do yeah. stupid stuff you know I like think so, it could be now. done yeah it can I think they could done. bring it back I mean yeah because yeah. you're right there are just so many crazy reality shows now it's not so like homogenous it's like there's just there's so much. I mean, like, it's plausible yeah. that there is, like, some wacky show out there that people are going to be on. Well, a little bit, like, uh, they play into this on Too Hot to Handle, where they tell them they're going on one show that's about, like, uh, you're going to a swingers orgy television show. Uh, and then they turn it, like, uh, actually, you're on Too Hot to Handle. So they kind of, like, reveal it in the first episode uh, on that. But I guess it's that same sort of, like, bait and switch idea. I actually don't yep. know what too hot to handle is. What is it? Uh, no, well, Melissa's, uh, Melissa, yeah, Melissa's. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm surprised Take your parents don't call you and make you watch it. <laughs> yeah, family fun day. <laughs> yeah, right. Check, Melissa, check you got to watch to this. <laughs> There's all these singles on an island and they can't have sex. Yeah, check out Too Hot to Handle Season 2 coverage on RHAP Rehap Ups with Tracy <laughs> McKinnis and various guests if you want more information about Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. That was on I, I mean, Too Hot to Handle probably would have found the home on Spike TV back in 2004. Now it has to be on Netflix. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Melissa, this was uh, such a great week here with you on Melissa the week. podcast. Yeah. Three yeah, out of the last four nights. Uh, I know. It's draft, crazy. did the Big Brother 21 premiere. Mm-hmm. We did uh, this Joe Schmo show. Yeah. What's next for yep. you? The uh, BB Roundtable coming up on Tuesday? Yep. Tuesday Roundtable and then Wednesday episode recap. Okay. More Ooh. Big Brother. All right. Uh, it's <laughs> the summer of Melissa, everybody. Get ready. Uh, where summer do we, of me. Where do we follow you, <laughs> Melissa? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and I guess all social media at It's Melissa with three A's. Okay. Chappelle, what's coming uh, up for you? Well, Rob, this is Joe Lye, as you know. Joe Lye. Joe Lye. We got to keep the ball rolling here on the RJP Rewind. And so I think next week we will tackle Joe Millionaire. Melissa, did your parents make you watch Joe Millionaire? I did watch Joe Millionaire. uh, The winner was uh, what, Zora? (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert. 
spoiler alert. Yeah. Yes. No, no, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Aura. But yeah. Yeah, I feel um, like spoiler if, alert for a show that's like a billion yeah, years old. Billion years old. And, and, and really, the question of winner is really what the question is at this point, right? Because, like, yeah. Question that mark? was such um, a crazy show. They yeah. were, the shows back then were just so crazy. It was like, okay, how can we trick these people? How can we lie to you? What a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, my Rob, God. Yeah, I'll be hanging out with you next week to talk about that. Um, and then we'll see what other wacky shenanigans we can get into in the meantime. Okay. Speaking of, did you, speaking of like reality shows that trick people, did you ever see that reality show where um, there it was a dating show and it, there was like half guys there that were gay and half guys that were mm-hmm. straight and they had to trick them into thinking they were straight? And if a gay guy got picked in the end, uh, they the gay guy won and got the money, but if the, the straight guy got picked at the end, they split the money. Did you watch I that? Show. I, I can't. Was that in the I U.S.? Can't what it's called? It was in the U.S. Uh, it was on Fox. Yeah, I, like I was looking it, straight, it up I as believe. we were doing this, yeah, but okay. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I was playing it straight. It was, that is what it is. Yeah. 2004 hit playing it straight. It is <laughs> of course, so insane. <laughs> it is so insane that that is like a show that was that existed at the time. And I watched it with my family, of course. <laughs> like I, we watched all this these Melissa crazy Argin shows. Story is uh, literally. Yeah. It's like if you can think of like some like at the time it was like we watched Survivor and Big Brother and we were like we need more and then it was just like uh, any reality show that came out it was like we're gonna watch it and it was just yeah it was too much my language it was too much <laughs> that's my love language right there but yeah until then Rob yeah follow me on Twitter at Chappelle Show C H A P P E L S underscore Show. Okay, we got so much Big Brother going on. We're still doing the top forty countdown. Check it all out at Rob has a website. Com. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this edition of the RHAP Rewind. Uh, we'll be back next week as Joe Lai rolls on. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.